to understand firms consulting is really an journey in understanding how, why, and what a values-led organization really is. Because we are 100% in every way an organization that has a very strict set of values and we stick to that through everything. And, you know, there's nothing that will force us to change our values, no amount of money, um, no amount of what I call, you know, juicy rabbits, these little attractive opportunities that pop up every few months and give you a chance to change your economic well-being. The point is, we have a set of core values and we don't change it. Now, Firms Consulting is an organization of former partners from McKinsey, BCG and so on, who have come together and believe that we can play a very influential and important role, and this part is important, not in getting people into McKinsey, BCG and Bain, because people always misunderstand our mission statement. Our job here is not to get you into McKinsey, Bain and BCG. Hell, we don't care if you get in. We want you to get in, but that's not the end goal. The end goal of working for firms consulting or working with firms consulting is to get into McKinsey or BCG as a stepping stone to achieving greater things either in academia, uh, in influential organizations, in government or in business. So when we select clients into the pool, and it is a selection process, which I'll talk to about more later, it's about thinking, hmm, can this person not just get into McKinsey, but can they use that as a training platform to learn the requisite skills, hard and soft, to go on to become an influential leader in 5, 10 to 15 years' time. And once you get into the program, we always maintain touch in uh, you know, contact with you. It's not as if, well, you got in, you got into McKinsey now, you know, bye-bye, we're not going to maintain contact with you. This Saturday, I'm doing this um, recording on a Thursday, I have a call with one of the very first clients we placed into McKinsey in Singapore. And I want to have a discussion with him to, to make sure that his career is on the right track and he's doing all of the right things to get promoted and ultimately become partner. And then he's thinking about where he wants to take his career once he leaves McKinsey because that's where we are thinking, right? We're not looking at this as a short-term investment, you know, um, whereby we generate some revenue in the short term and we make some money and everyone gets, you know, is happy. That's not the end state here. Now, at the core... You've, you can read our values, I'm not going to repeat them, but I want to talk about what the values mean in practice. What the values mean in practice for us is that we have to be incredibly careful about whom we bring into the program, you know. If, for example, we decide to bring in someone, let's say, called X, and we haven't vetted them correctly, and they're not the kind of person who we think has enormous potential, you know, what happens if X makes it through the midpoint of the training program, does very well, but ends up being trained by someone like, you know, Kevin, for example, and they don't 
end up having the values that we want in a future business leader. It's basically not just a wasted opportunity. We, we are training someone who doesn't have the right value system, some really effective, or the flip side of effective, is some really dangerous tools to take to a company in the long term. You know, something I always tell clients is that, you know, a brilliant consultant without values is basically a scandal waiting to happen. And, and we have, you know, extremely careful in the way we vet. We have three vetting processes. You know, first you send through your application. Second, you are gone you are taken through an it's a it's a reasoning test that we do online. And finally you go through a minimum of one, sometimes two or three calls with some of the ex partners and we discuss your probability of success we test your case skills, we test the way you think through problems, we test your communication skills and so on. Now, we are so careful in the way we select because of how we want to develop and groom people. You know, when we when we bring someone in as a client, we treat them as if they are going to go far and we do, I think, spend an inordinate, inordinate amount of time working with our clients you know it's definitely more than the time that you know we have on the website and because we believe that we've taken the time to assess you we believe you have potential and therefore you should be treated like you have potential now linked to that to groom someone who has potential one of the manifestations of our value system is accessibility we are not an organization whereby we are inaccessible of course we are inaccessible to people who are not our clients and that's by choice because we would get bogged down in numerous emails if we weren't inaccessible but when it comes to our clients we do aim to be as accessible as possible and to guide them as much as you know they can accept guidance now in terms of values you know everyone talks about values and it's it's the new buzzword everyone every mba program has an ethics department they're all talking about ethics based leadership and so on but for us ethics is very simple and i'll give you a story about this i once had a very close client from australia someone i know very well and i do like him a lot because i think he's a really smart guy very young he has a bright future ahead of him and he sent me the login details to another organization to what you may call them a type of competitor they sell books i think it is on uh, case interviews and i was very upset about that because firstly i do feel a lot of these organizations them in particular are taking copyrighted material and selling it off as their own which is wrong and second even irrespective of what was happening he should not be sharing the login details to another organization that he paid for because I haven't paid for it. And I remember telling him very clearly that you should not do this. This is completely wrong. It's against our value system. You know, we don't just follow our value system when it, it benefits us. We follow it even when it hurts us. That's the that's the, the point of having a value system, right? You need to adhere to it at all times. And I think the client was a bit upset, but he did tell me later that, you know, Michael, I read a lot of books on you know values like Marvin McKinsey's Marvin Bar which we recommend to all clients and so on because we do you know respect his value system immensely but I've never seen values in display the way firms consulting does it and that's an example of where we take something really small and drive the value agenda the values agenda you know very very carefully very very strictly and many of the things we do are counterintuitive it's all about putting the client's needs first i'll give you a very good example of this you know we don't post testimonials we don't like testimonials we don't want to post testimonials we're not interested in that the only time we will publish something from a client is if we think they're either telling us something we can improve 
or they're telling us a story that we think we have not seen before so it's worth getting other clients to see it and the reason is very simple how does publishing testimonials benefit our clients it doesn't you know you you visit a site that has a thousand testimonials it doesn't mean anything right People who are influential in the world and who are going places don't publish testimonials and they don't have the inclination to write testimonials. You know, road scholars don't do that. They think it's beneath them. I'll be honest, we have a lot of road scholars in the program and they think it's beneath them. So to get them to write anything is only if you agree to them that they can be perfectly honest and they can write what they really believe and that's another thing you know when we were we had our a major strategy meeting in september 2013 and we debated many things about the direction of firms consulting and where we'll take the business one of the decisions we made there is that if a client said something that was negative about us but there's merit behind it we are going to publish it but there has to be merit behind it so if you read some of what we call client conversations detailed you know analyses of clients in terms of how they prepared for their interviews some clients do say negative things about us things that they felt didn't work out things that they felt didn't go as planned and we've published it because for two reasons we feel the client was objective and we feel that the feedback is beneficial to readers and third most importantly our job is not to sell anything we are not an FMCG or consumer packaged goods company. Our job is to make sure that readers get the right kind of information to make the right kind of decisions. And if that information and that decision leads to them not choosing to work with us, but it is in their best interest, then we've achieved what we've set out to do. And we will continue to make decisions like that, right? We'll always protect the core and we will always ensure that we are putting out material that is challenging. And on the, on the topic of challenging, we can take that even further, you know. Firms Consulting does not write things that consulting firms like. We challenge them. If a, if a consulting firm steps out of line, we will run the story before anyone else because we believe management consulting is bigger than McKinsey, Bain, or BCG. Management consulting is a profession that is currently occupied by these three players, and if they step out of line and lose their values, they will obviously you know, disintegrate like every other great organization has when they lost their way. But someone else will take the place who is better at serving those values. Well, hopefully better. But my point is, we've consistently published these very challenging stories, and we are continuing to do that. Right? We will continue to publish stories that challenge conventional wisdom and make people unhappy. You know, we have published stories that have forced consulting firms to change their operating models, change their websites. Some would argue we've published stories that have put consulting firms out of business. But our feeling here is that we serve a greater purpose. Our client is not a consulting firm. We don't have any formal affiliation to consulting firms, and we pride ourselves on that. We do, however, have a very distinct client group that we serve, and our objective is to always release things that is unbiased and unencumbered by background relations we may have with other organizations. Now, we run the firm to that value system. It's difficult to do. I'm not going to say it's easy. I'm not going to say I get up in the morning and you know, I get an email like which I got today saying, you know, we, a firm would like to run advertisements on our website and I've got to turn it down and there's quite a lot of money involved. It's not easy to do that. But the reality is that an organization that is willing to sell its values for any amount of money eventually has nothing worth selling in the long term and shuts its doors. So, yes, you know, firms consulting doesn't strive to be the largest firm that trains future leaders through you know a tenure in consulting but we do aim to be the most influential in three years 
we've placed 170, well, it's maybe a little bit more than 179, but it's 179 until February 2013. We've placed a few people since then, well, a lot since then, but we don't tally the numbers until the end of the year. And I remember speaking to one of our mentors who trains, you know, our students, one of the former McKinsey Worldwide Partners, and he was asking me, Michael, you know, one thing I'd never understood about your guys' business model is you guys burn so much cash to, to meet client expectations. You know, you travel and so on. How in the world do you make money? And, and I pointed out to him that we don't make money because that's not the objective. The objective here is to lay the right foundation. And to lay the right foundation, you have to make sacrifices. If you make the right kind of sacrifices, there's a payback. And it's, it's economics at the end of the day. We, we are not, we're not a charity organization, right? Because a charity organization has its own problems. When you're a charity organization, you have to take money from someone else. And most likely, your benefactor is going to be some other large organization. And if your benefactor is a large organization, you ultimately have to not say bad things about them. So... You know, people say charity organizations are good. Yeah, they serve a purpose, but they also are conflicted in many ways. And our philosophy is that firms consulting must be self-funding. So in many times when we invest in new businesses and new models, like what we've done in um, September and August of 2013, the partners of firms consulting had to put up a lot of capital into the business to fund that growth because, you know, the retained earnings may not have been enough to do that. But the philosophy here is that we are willing to make that investment because we see the impact it has on our clients. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that here um, um, j just before uh, you know, I talk about health and performance in the business. I get pretty upset when I see you know, students from Bangladesh, Pakistan, uh, parts of Central Asia, I mean, most of Africa, basically students who are treated badly because of the economic circumstances and financial or social circumstances, you know, whether you're dark-skinned in some parts of the world, whether you were born into the wrong caste in India, whether you were born into the wrong family in, I don't know, in Central Asia. The point is, I understand, as the organization Firms Consulting understands, that the kind of skills we teach are important skills and it will make a big impact in someone's life if a former senior partner of one of the most elite firms in the world picks them out of a group and says you know what I'm going to spend my time with you over the next few years and I'm going to help you achieve what you want to achieve not that I want anything in return but because I believe that you have the value system we are looking for now I would be lying if I said that we started off with that no notion. We didn't. We started off by getting an email at 6 a.m. in the morning from a very, very spunky girl in Southeast Asia who wrote to me and said, Michael, I have no money. This is my background. My laptop doesn't even work. And in fact, I have that email with me at all times. But I really want to join McKinsey and BCG. Will you help me? It took me two weeks to respond to that email because I wasn't sure I could help this lady. You know, Firms Consulting was a young organization then. Um, we obviously were not as financially sound as we are now. And to commit a senior person's time to help someone who's never going to pay us and we don't want it to pay us, I mean, this, why would we do it? And you know, at that time, we, we, we kind of crystallized the value proposition or the mission of Firms Consulting. Our job is to find, I don't like the word change agents, it's an overused term, but our job is to use the knowledge we have to help people who cannot help themselves so that in the long term they'll go on to 
become custodians of our value system. So in a manner of speaking, when we pick people, we are picking people that we think can take our value system and propagate it across the world. So I said, fine, I'll help you. Um, all I want from you in return is um, you got to buy me a beer when I get to you know your country. And she said, okay, fine. Um, and I think I even said, buy me a meal when I came to your country, but you're so terrified about the cost of a meal. I said, just make it a beer. So a beer it was. And, you know, we worked with this lady. I worked with her and not many hours. I mean, she was pretty smart. I think one of the smartest people we've ever had in the program. And she eventually got into one of the big three firms. And at that point, we realized the impact we could have. Here's someone who grew up in a disenfranchised part of the world. If we can help her move forward she's going to pull her family along with her she's going to pull her friends with her and she's obviously going to go back and become a i don't like the word vessel but a a a, a custodian of our values i think is the right word and that's what we did. And that gave birth to the Firms Consulting Emerging Fellows Program two years ago. And in that time, we've taken in eight people. We've taken a, a Roma lady from um, Romania, called them gypsies, I think. Um, you know, horrible, horrible circumstances, you know. Um, not allowed to go to school uh, in the country where her family is now living because of uh, local legislation that, you know, treats the Roma as if they are criminals and you know if you treat people like a criminal they're going to act like a criminal you know I've seen pictures of their homes you know just the worst possible environment you can understand I'm not sure how this girl did it but you know she found a way to go through high school get into a pretty good uh, university and good grades and not doing very well because not able to keep things together and she was felt that she would not be able to finish more than one year of university unless she reached out to someone who could help her. So we put her into the program and she managed to, you know, beat all the odds and win a scholarship and do an MBA in the United States and she ended up one of the top three firms. Now, not all these stories end well. I'm not going to lie and say all of the Emerging Fellows Program participants are successful, uh, but they achieve things they never thought possible. And a lot of them do end up at their target of McKinsey, Bain and BCG. It ain't easy. This is not a program whereby, you know, you get in and it's all hunky-dory and we, you know, eat cookies and drink tea and we talk about, you know, how we went and play in the park. No, this is tough. We push, we prod, we really make them think through what is possible for them if all the cards were in their favor... And once we can see that inspiration, our job is to get all the cards in their favor. We, you know, we've recently taken in a lady from Russia, the far Siberian plains. She's a Saka female. The Sakas are what many people would call Eskimos or Inuits in Canada. And she's, she's never left her town or the vicinity of her town since she was born. She's lived in that same 200 square kilometers since she was born. And she's now, you know, been accepted to one of the most prestigious schools in Moscow state schools, if not the most prestigious school, with an ambition to you know go into management consulting and work in the government to introduce change for all ethnic groups across Russia. We had a lady from the northeastern part of Thailand, Udon Thani, uh, dark skinned as well. Um, you know, n no options, doesn't know what to do, but pretty smart. And we put her into the program as well. She's still in the program, finishing her undergraduate degree. We've had, you know, three males from Africa, two have done very well. One from South Africa joined the big three, one from Nigeria joined the big three. And the other one is now, I think he's got a long way to go. He hasn't been very successful. But, you know, the point is, 
he has a plan and he'll get there. Now, why am I telling you this story? You know, what I'm telling you the story for is to distinguish between the way we look at people. Whenever I'm making decisions, and whenever I'm making decisions for firms consulting, is a distinguish between the health and performance of an organization or an individual. I ask myself, is this is this person performing well? But at the same time, doing all the things to be successful in the long term, that means they are healthy. Or they're doing, they're doing really well now, but they're doing everything wrong to be successful in the long term. That's an unhealthy individual. On the other hand, is the person performing poorly now, but doing all the right things so they'll be successful in the medium to long term? And if they are in that latter group, I'm okay with it. So this, this idea about getting the right balance between the tension between health and performance is important. And I think that is something we've struggled with for a long time as an organization. You know, when Firms Consulting first started, we had zero females in the program. And then, you know, in 2011, we said, okay, this can't go on. We're going to make sure that females make up 50% of the program. It doesn't matter what happens. And the reality is we couldn't get 50% of the females in when we first rolled out this program. So we we're taking in far less people than was needed. And there's an example of, you know, it's so easy for us to change our principles and say, you know what, we're not getting enough females in the program. Let's change our model and say, let's bring in males into the program to take their place. And we didn't. We sat down. We listened carefully to what our female clients were telling us. And they were telling us, Michael, you are too tough on us. You're not focusing enough on the soft skills. And you've got to reinvent yourself. And that's what Firms Consulting has done. You know, we went through this process in 2011 of reinventing ourselves to focus very heavily on the soft skills with the hard case skills. And, you know, as a result of that, communication has become a centerpiece, the quintessential centerpiece of the way we now train clients, right? And why? Because we didn't backtrack from our values when things became difficult, but we said, okay, we're not getting enough females. We need to get enough females because we talk about diversity and giving everyone an equal chance. So if we're not getting enough females, do we change the program or do we just buckle down and learn how to find the right kind of females and develop them? And, and really, you know, that is what you need to do. Now, I'll say a little bit about emerging markets here because it's very close to, to our heart. I mean, I'll, not all of the partners involved in firms consulting, but the majority have emerging markets expertise. I'm one of them. And we do have a soft spot for candidates in emerging markets. That's not to say that we don't have a soft spot for candidates in the United States and Canada, but if you think about it very carefully, most of the students in the graduate programs in the United States and Canada are from the emerging markets, whether it's India, China, um, Russia, or you know wherever it is. But I, I will say that we've made conscious decisions to invest in the emerging markets, and you can see that with our clientele base. You know, way back again in 2011, we decided, okay, if we're going to target females, we can target the United States, which we do anyway, or we can target regions where we know females have a propensity for being quite independent, um, assertive, and being very, very conscious of career development. And Eastern Europe was an obvious choice where to go after. And we made an enormous investment into going into Eastern Europe and Central Asia two years ago. And if you look at our client mix today, there's a ton of Eastern European women, whether they're in Eastern Europe, they're in London, or they're in North America, but they're of Eastern European descent. And we, we understand the issues they go through, and we've built a capability and an understanding to help us there. Now, you know, I can go into many of these tiny little stories about how we, we you know, do these things, but I don't want to make this into tiny little vignettes or anecdotes. do want to link it all together to say that when we get up in the morning, when I get up in the morning, do I feel that I am 
just running a successful medium-sized business or large business, depending on how you classify the revenue and so on? Or do I not think about that and say, you know what, I'm getting up in the morning and I'm truly excited about the impact I'm going to have in the world. Now, you read any book today and everyone tells you they think that. But two years later, they are shutting down their business because it didn't meet their revenue targets. Now, to lead an organization that is truly value-centered means you have to lead it for reasons beyond financial goals. You have to make decisions that cost you a ton of money in the short term, but they fit your principles around protecting your clients. When we made the decision to build in all of the social capabilities into firms consulting, it was not a decision that we took lightly. For one thing, it would mean that we would lose any and all enormous traffic that we'd be getting from Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and so on. But we asked ourselves the very simple question, who benefits from us being on Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter? We benefit. Our clients don't benefit. Our clients suffer because our rule around confidentiality means we will never disclose client identities. Even if a client came to us and said, even if a client came to you and said, you know, I worked at Firms Consulting, won't you work with them? We will deny ever knowing the person who referred you. That's how seriously we take confidentiality because it's in the client's interest to create the impression that they did everything by themselves. It, it works best when we operate behind the scenes. Executive clients, case coaching clients, whatever the case may be. Now, the decision to build that capability into our website was not easy, it was not taken lightly, and it was certainly a huge capital investment from our side, but we did it because we knew it was in our client's interest. It's not in our interest. We don't do things that are in our client in, in our interest. We always say, okay, does this suit our client? Now, how do you lead this philosophy forward? You know, How do you ensure that more people buy into this philosophy of being value-centered? Well, firstly, it's not, the first thing you have to understand is that we are not worried about whether anyone buys into this philosophy. We vet our clients very carefully and we work with them closely so we know that they will buy into it. And we do hold them accountable. I was speaking to the um, president of a consulting club recently, and she was telling me, oh, I'm going to get a copy of the book online. I said, look, don't get a copy of the book online. Buy the book. This person spent a year writing the book. The book may not be any good, but that's besides the point. If you agree to honor some of the legal system, you should agree to honor all of the legal system. If you disagree with it, we have a court system to you know, challenge the copyright rules. But my, my, my point here is that we don't just say these things because they're nice to say and they look good on our website, but we are aggressively held to those standards and we hold our clients to those standards. And if you don't follow those standards, we have no problem cutting the relationship at that point. Because at the end of the day, this is not an organization whereby you can interact with us just because you can afford to work with us. There are more people who can afford to us who get in. We are enormously proud of what we call the 12, uh, 12 sometimes it's called the 1288 rule, other times it's called the 1585 rule. But the point is, no more than 12% to 15% of clients get into the program. So firms consulting could easily be six times the size it is today. But we deliberately don't do that. Because at the end of the day, you know, senior partners we have, you must want to work with someone. The worst thing you want to do is train someone you hate or you dislike or you see no chemistry. No, you don't really want the person to succeed. I and the rest of the coaches must want people to succeed to work with them. 
and you know these values are very easy to follow in a bear market which is what we have now at least the you know early stages of a bull market but when it comes to a bull market it's very easy to forget these things no one talks about values or they talk about it easily because they don't and they're not tested by it my advice to you is that if you want to follow your values live a frugal life and I, I tell that to my clients as well if you look a frugal life you are never going to be in a position whereby you have to do things for money you can walk out of your job if you disagree with the actions taken because you don't need the money you don't have to do dangerous things illegal things at the office or unethical things to cut corners to earn a bonus because you don't need the money at the end of the day the ability to follow your values is a lot like your personal credit rating. Think of integrity and values as your personal credit rating. The more values and the more integrity you have, the less effort you have to put into getting people to want to trust you and work with you. So by doing these things, you're not, it's not, it's, there's no non there's no non-financial benefit which by default means there is a financial benefit and be just wary of those people who turn being ethical into a business you see it all the time you know whereby all these experts talk to you about being ethical ethical they've turned it into a business ethics values are, ins are very personal things and they should remain personal with you at all times don't get into the habit of sharing that information and turning it into a you know a cottage industry that is the last thing you want to do but at times you have to advertise your values so that people know what you stand for and people know what you don't stand for so they'll know when to engage you and when not to engage you. Now finally, I must say that if you are thinking about whether you want to go into management consulting, true management consulting is not about being the smartest person in the room. It's given that you're going to be intelligent and analytical. True management consulting is about thinking whether you can deploy that gift you have. Not to do good, it's not about good and evil, but to do what is right for your clients. And to do what is right for your clients doesn't always mean you agree with them, right? Sometimes you have to walk away from a client if it's in their best interest not to do something, and that means making them really unhappy. So, you know, people always assume doing what's in your client's best interest means making your client happy. Hell no. There are many times clients would want to shoot me because I've told them things and walked away from things that they thought was very important, right? Uh, finally, I would say that, you know, take risks in being ethical. When you're in a group, it's really easy to be swept up into peer pressure to do what is popular just because you don't want to, you know, break the mold of what's acceptable. To hold yourself to very high standards is actually a very painful process. But in the long term, you end up being a better person for that. And I would encourage you to do that, you know. At the end of the day, it is about economics. But it's not about the economics of short-term gain. It's the economics of the long-term appreciation in your capital stock, which is what you stand for. And Firms Consulting is about finding people who can appreciate in value through their value stock and helping them achieve that. And ultimately, that's all we are doing. Because we know those people will be the most influential people in government, academia, business, and any organization. And it's a very influential network because it's a discrete network. No one knows who's a member, but we do connect members as needed. If you want to write to us, I'd recommend doing that. But it's important you understand our value system. If, you, if we at any time we feel you don't fit into our value system, it's an immediate, you know, it will be very polite about it, but we, we cannot take a relationship forward.